Hi, I'm Joel. And I'm Kishan. And this is Tea for Two. This is our BFF podcast where we talk about anything from science to popular culture, the arts, and life in Singapore. Hi, everyone. It's me, Joel, a playwright performer. And it's me, Kishan, a science educator. And welcome back to mm. Tea for Two. It's yes. our BS Free and Podcast <laughs> where we talk about whatever the Philly Fella we want. Philly Fella. I have no idea what Philly Fella is. Philly Fella. Why got, why got intonation of Philly Fella? What is You've that? You've heard this before? Ah? No. In my family, I think it's a kind of Cantonese nonsense word to mean like. Airy fairy like nonsense words yeah, like this see, podcast this la. is why I've never ah, heard of it before frivolous la. speech <laughs> like this podcast la. Oh, Philly Fella ah, okay, listen this is what I teach you oh, I give you for free <laughs> Philly Fella thanks so generous ah, example usage ayah he anyhow one all Philly Fella only la. it's like ayah can you just get to the point Philly Fella very long la, waste time oh ah, I love it accompanied by the expression wow this one very sai hei uh. sai hei means waste Shit. air oh ah, waste air oh wow this is very good for like yeah. thanks sis mm. you know what I I like the economy of all these kind of languages. Ah, you can condense so much meaning yeah, into the, all these sounds. The English language is not a very economical language. Absolutely right? she's not. She's a promiscuous language. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but not very economical. No, she's not an economical whole. No, no, no. no. no, no. Mm. How are you this wonderful day, Kishin? Mm. So our previous episode did very, like, uh, we received great comments from so many people, right? Yeah, and, and a few I'm, phone calls from the ISD as well. <laughs> Honestly, a bit stressed. Why are you stressed? Because everybody is like, oh my god, this is such ah, a great start. Ah, ah, now got performance three. anxiety, right? All this and all that. I go like, sis, this is just a one-off. We were manic. Yeah, no, we were, yeah, you know. We like, were in a national day fever. Yeah, dear listeners, if there's anything you should know about this podcast, it is manage your fucking expectations. Yeah, you know what it is? Inconsistent. Yeah, it's inconsistent. <laughs> it's more lows than highs. No, definitely. More valleys than peaks. Yeah. That yeah. is low one, right? Yeah. Ah, great, great. <laughs> yeah. See, see, see? Uh, start already. <laughs> Yeah, so a bit stressed out. Pretty stressed lah. Yeah. Hey, look, dear listeners, we have a whole season to go, okay? Yeah, lo. Just because we started on a bang doesn't mean a bang is gonna last. It really, it, no, we, we, it's not. It's not no. going to last. If this, yeah, it's like the big bang, huh? And then, like, where we are now, it's kind of like when everything starts freezing over. Correct. Ah. It's, it's just the, 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 the nuclear winter. Yeah, whereas that moment <laughs> during sex when you both look at each other and go, oh, just, just stop. <laughs> Alrighty, it's time for our first segment of the day. Are you home, Shirley? It's the segment in which we discuss an aspect of life in Singapore that either fascinates or horrifies us very often. Both! I think today is more of a fascinate. Fascinate. A bit more of a fascinate. For some people, it could be horrified. For some people, it could horrify. (laughs) Yeah, oh, as we say this, there's this massive plane flying out of my window. I Ah. saw. We are talking about none other than Changi Airport. Airport. Mm. Because Changi Airport, sis, has been in the Mm, news recently. And not for a good reason. Not for a good reason. Apparently, she's uh, her first place title of best airport for nine years. For nine years. Nine years, she's missed. Like yeah. she's Miss like international airport. Yeah. Champion. Now now uh, on the ninth unfortunately she's dropped to third place. Ooh. Third place like oh. now, now behind uh Hamad's International Airport in Doha uh. and Japan's uh, Haneda International Can Airport. Can I just say how profoundly disappointed I am in Changi Airport? <laughs> As a Singaporean, Are you an uh, angry tiger mom yeah, now. She's <laughs> no, she has to be disciplined. Uh-huh. I need to write to my MP about this. You really need to. Do yeah, needs to hear Somehow about I this. I live very nearby. I feel the shame radiating from Changi. Uh, emanating yeah. is it? Ah, uh, oh, Changi is upset with Changi Airport right now. Her constituents are very upset. The I ghosts mean, at the Changi Hospital are very, you know, it's like everybody is like kicking out a strop about it. That's mm. right. I, I don't. I, when I read first read the article, I, I actually laughed. I thought like, oh, finally she's been dethroned. <laughs> She's had it good for too long. She, she's just she's sitting there getting fat and going like, yeah, the best airport in the world. That is the exact sound. <laughs> yes. She's been best airport for eight years, since 2013, eh, all the way to 2020. That's a very, very, very long time. Something's bound to happen, right? Well, I don't know. Like, why do you think she was in the first spot for so long? I mean, when you go to the airport, you don't got feels what? It's like walking into a fucking like hotel. Yeah, like. yeah, it's true. Like even as an ordinary traveler, right? Like, so I'm not talking about like crazy rich Asian type of like yeah. traveler. You feel quite pampered in the airport. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, aircon very strong. Mm. Uh, so many dining options. Quite a few. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't like, know. Yeah, it just looks beautiful. Ah, uh, butterfly garden. Yeah, all these unnecessary bells and whistles. I don't know all that they're unnecessary. You know, but yes. I mean, to my mind, the thing that's hovering over my head is like. Mm. Why the fuck during a global pandemic when travel has been brought to its knees? Is this poll still happening? Is this like is yeah, this no. award still happening? Should suspend one year, right? Yeah, just give chance a bit, lah. That's why. Oh my god, I never felt more patriotic in my life. <laughs> it's also 
because like I think if this is a Doha airport that we're talking about that's made mm. first place, right? I guess mm. like okay, I've passed through it before. Quite yeah. nice. Yeah, there's a very famous Shake Shack there. Is that all? Yeah, wait, no, I once spent an entire transit in that Shake Shack. What? I had a six hour transit. I just found I just plonked myself there because they had PowerPoints. I just set up my laptop mm. and worked there for six hours straight. You know what? That's what you usually look for in an airport when yeah, you are on PowerPoints, like, right? Yes, when you have like multiple hour transit, right? Look yeah. for a cheap food. Somewhere you can plonk yourself without being disturbed and of course PowerPoints. What okay, I've been in some bad airports. Like I think there are a few some of the smaller UK airports are pretty shit. Oh. It's like what oh they God. make you run to your gate. They make you run to your gate. Because I yeah. remember like you have to sit very near the the thing and then they because they're all budget airlines, right? They right. only announce the gate like like literally like 10 seconds before oh, yeah, yeah, then you, have, then to you have to run then you, have then to then you see this panic crowd they just joined the first panic crowd right yeah. it's no, not just I, the smaller airports that you have to run right. to run also as well unfortunately like I know like Suvana Bumi airport in Bangkok oh, it's yeah. very long mm-hmm. and you if, if you if you take if you like go the wrong way right and you're, you find out that your, your gate is on the other side you just have to run to the <laughs> other end yeah. you know it's quite it, tragic I feel like my defining memories <laughs> of Bangkok airport <laughs> have to do with like you know running Olympic length marathons <laughs> Let me just say, <laughs> I'm cracking up thinking about it. Let me just like tell our dear listeners like the one time Kishan and I went to Bangkok. <laughs> so on our flight back, right? The day of our flight back, this our good friend decides to book us lunch at um Jamie Oliver's Italian. Not nice. Can I, like, can I just say of all the things to do in Not Bangkok, nice. your last meal in the city is Jamie Oliver's on Italian. No, let's see, it was just there. I thought, why not? It's not just there. It was in the city centre mine, which is like a 5,000 hour trip away from like the airport. And then this bugger, right, insists that we take public transport there instead of taking the cab because like... Because we would have been caught in a jam, ah, sister. Crap. But anyway, like, so like, I was looking at the itinerary for that day already, right? I was like, this looks a bit suspicious, Kishan. I don't think we should have lunch here. We should just go straight to the airport and have lunch there. And he's like, no, no, it's fine. I've got it. I've got it. And then like, for some reason, on this trip, I think because of excessive alcohol, my gout starts acting up. Mind you, I have gout, dear listeners. I don't know if I mentioned this on the app, uh, on the podcast before. Mm. So I'm having a gout attack while mm. all this is happening. So let's just say my mobility was um, compromised. Compromise. Mm. We get to the airport, we barely make it to check-in, and we have to run to our gate to our gate because the flight is about to take off. We were literally the last two to board. And this bugger, and I ran ahead. He ran ahead. And he was just gambling, okay, because he was so amused at the situation. He's like, he's like, ha ha ha, Joe. I'm just gonna run to the gate and I'll you see, I'll just see where it is. Okay, you just follow me, just follow me. And there I am, right, limping, literally dragging my feet across the airport. And then like the. The, the airline staff have turned up because they were like, are you the two passengers? Quick, 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 we'll show you that. And I said, like, I can't run. I can't walk. Can you not see I'm injured? And they were like, no, you have to make it. And I was like, no, I can't. <laughs> and we finally make it there with seconds to spare. Yeah. And, then and we are the last two people. And then at, like, at the gate, I went, I basically was waving. Yeah, he arrived at the gate first. And then when I finally, like, when I finally, like, emerge, he's there like, Joe, we made it. And I scream across at him. I hate you. <laughs> I hate you! <laughs> yeah, you scream across the length of the airport! I hate you! <laughs> we finally oh. make it on the plane. I didn't talk to him yeah. for the whole ride. He didn't talk to me for about sweaty. two and a half hours. I just talked to him for two and a half hours. <laughs> it was quite an ordeal. La. It mm. was an ordeal. <laughs> Why are we talking about this? I don't <laughs> But back to Changi Airport. Mm. Mm. I said it many times to people, right, that I think Changi Airport is Singapore's greatest public relations exercise. Yeah, yeah to our five foreign listeners, right, yeah. Changi Jewel is like, a, I guess, like the jewel of Changi. Literally it's like la. a massive shopping complex. It is built a mall. Into, it's built into Terminal 1 of Changi Airport. Yeah, it's and, built, it's connect, yeah, it connects with all the terminals. And it's also like famous internationally now because it's where they have this massive fucking, like, uh, Indoor rainforest and cascading um, toilet bowl, yeah, waterfall, <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. a whole waterfall situation that's like really just made the rounds internationally. Yeah. I mean, it's a gorgeous uh, view. Yeah, but like, I mean, imagine if you are a first-time visitor to Singapore, you come mm. in and you see this like avatar-like landscape. Yeah, you can hear like the the chorus singing in the back, and then you see this cascading waterfall, and then you see this rainforest. What's the first thing in your head? Oh, Singapore, heaven. Ha- yeah, no, heaven or <laughs> Singapore has solved the climate crisis, right? <laughs> it's like, oh, here is paradise, truly. Yeah, yeah, truly, truly. Yeah, so you know, like um, this image of the the jewel rainforest, right? Yeah. Actually, has circulated internationally as a kind of meme. Like what? there's a meme format, right? That basically like uses the the 
the image of the rainforest as a kind of like uh, example of what the world would look like if X got their shit together. So oh it's like God. one example is like if all men, if all fathers went to therapy, this is what the world could look like. Oh my goodness. Yeah, and then it's like the monorail passing through the rainforest. I have this one memory yeah. of the airport because I, I've lived in the east all my life and when the MRT to the airport started to open up, right, the train to the airport started to open <gasps> oh, up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. wow, I can go to the airport so easily, mm. right? So I would just like tap my EasyLink card and I would go to the airport and I would get on the monorail which connects all the different terminals for free and kid you not, dear listeners, I would sit on the monorail for hours before I would go back home. I'm just going to let this hang in the air for a little bit. <laughs> Am I right to say that you used to just sit on the fucking inter-terminal monorail yeah. and just stay on the monorail for hours? Hours. Yeah, last time no even had Terminal 3. Eh. Is it Terminal 1, Terminal 2, Terminal 1? <laughs> Should I be concerned to be in the same room as you right now? I loved it. Sometimes I think, uh, Kishan, like, you are just like one like screw loose of being just a tad sociopathic. <laughs> no, seriously, it concerns me. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Can I ask why? Uh, uh, trains fascinate me. Like, I like the idea of connection. Yeah, I just keep digging that grave. <laughs> So I like the I, I don't know I, so You like I just, the idea of like uh, Bridges th- and connections Yeah things connecting to one another And how things connect to one another And why things are built in a certain way So I thought like, the monorail Was a very nice microcosm of that And I was a small kid And I could like sit in the front And I could see the rails and everything So it was just fascinating lah. Oh. So I, I, I enjoy it Okay So good, yeah. it was it was So that that is one of my Other than studying for the A-levels And like the fast food That is one of the fondest memories I have of the airport Just sitting on the monorail For hours on end Yeah <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess there are a few things I really love about Changi Airport. It's like mm. how when you go and see your friends off, and you do you remember how like when your friends went on like a two day trip to Bangkok, all your friends would turn up just to say. Oh, I remember anyway. that. It just felt like this <laughs> really grown up thing to do to send people off at the yes, airport. Yes, yes, yeah, oh. massive send offs. Yeah, yeah, quite a thing, right? And then everybody would just go and eat at like um either the McDonald's or the Popeyes downstairs. I think that was the excuse, lah. The sending yeah. the friend off was like the ah yeah whatever. After that, we go eat Popeyes. Yeah, no, I remember like we would all get so emotional sending people off on like six months like uh study abroad trips yeah like, people would cry and it's like girl i'll see you in six months and when yeah. i came back it's just like oh did that even happen yeah exactly did yeah. you did you really get that emotional all my friends did oh wow yeah, even for one year this kind of thing people got very emotional it's quite okay, sweet la. La. one year i can see why i think it's just something about that like send off thing you know where you wave yeah. wave i mean oh my god i just like get like i get very emotional thinking about some of the goodbyes i've said like, yeah something, something about like turning back and waving at people through that glass that feels yes. very that feels very some people like, have a lot of rituals um around this you know like some people i know of, Oh, they don't turn back. I know people who need to turn back three times. What? And then their their, their loved ones need to wait for all three times and then they'll have a safe flight or something like that. Oh, really? Yeah. So I, I actually had to go through this oh, before. Shit. Now that you've told me this, I'm gonna, ha- I'm gonna, this is like, yeah, <laughs> is you know, this I'm your life so now? superstitious now, this is like, <laughs> is this yeah, your life? Yeah, I will. I don't look back on it. I've to, like, okay, okay, to educate all of the people in my life about this now. <laughs> like, I have to do a briefing. I was like, okay guys, I'm gonna turn back three times and if any one of you like walks off before I turn back, I'm, my plane's gonna crash. <laughs> Like, even, yeah, everybody yeah. will just stand there. Yeah, I'll print out, I'll print out, I'll, I'll print out a manual. Okay, I made copies for everybody. <laughs> yeah, it's the whole idea of traveling and 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 uh, making sure that you have that you are safe, right? Yeah. yeah so, so you do all sorts of things that you want to make sure that you are safe, lah. Are you a these, nervous flyer? These things don't make sense, lah. Am I a nervous flyer? Yeah. Yes. All. Uh. I'm very excited to get onto a plane, but the moment it. Just as it's about to take off, right? I my my brain goes into high gear a bit. I every noise I become very correct, correct. attuned to it. My one my favorite one is when the, the wings go to yeah. I'm just like we're all gonna die. I we're gonna, gonna die. Yeah, then I have yeah. to calm myself. I, I know these are normal plane sounds, but I just yeah. have to talk myself through it. But the moment I'm up in the air, I, I actually like it and yeah. I'm okay. La. Yeah. I, I've, yeah, for me, the panic moments are like the takeoff and the landing. Obviously. Yeah, absolutely. And also like at one point during the, the mid-flight, there'll be some turbulence that will that will really make me consider all my life choices. Right? Sure, yeah, sure. I'll pray to every god that I know. Absolutely. I, I have to say that I enjoy a little bit of turbulence. It is a bit exciting. But if it's too much, I start to freak out. Yeah, see, this is what I mean about like screws loose sociopath. <laughs> like, I cannot like no for me like the barometer I take is like uh, if the if the cabin crew look calm I'm just like okay fine like, I so I dread the day right when the cabin crew start to give each other nervous looks and I'm mm. very observant one so I will note this one yeah but I think the cabin crew are trained to not to, give each other nervous yeah, to looks not give each other nervous so looks, like. actually if they do give each other nervous looks that you means know, you're, you're no done, shit you're as done. to the fan nah. yeah <laughs> oh my god I'm such a nervous fly I, I, I didn't really used to be 
I think mm. it used to be, but I think like as I've gotten older and more saturated with like death and fear of mortality, right? It's yep. really like hit me. It's hit you hard. Yeah, it's hit me hard, hard. Have you had like really bad flights? Yes. Which one? I can't remember where, but we passed through at least five thunderstorms. And <gasps> I'm just like, like, did you really have to pick this route? <laughs> like, like really? Really? Yeah, really it was like, and then like the plane go up and down, up and down, up and down one. Oh my yeah. god. Oh, you know, dear listener, if on the off chance you are listening to this on a plane, you might want to just stop right now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't really talk about Changi Airport without like inevitably discussing. Hata? Hata, please? Hata? Singapore Airlines. Yes. Ooh, juicy, juicy. The one thing that gets me when I get onto the onto the plane, right, is that I'm always curious which uh, countries the students and stewardesses come from. Why is that? Because their English also sounds <laughs> like normal English. I don't know, the spoken English that they have feels very accented and it's a very fake sort of accent. They go like, uh, yeah, Singapore, welcome. <laughs> it's like they don't enunciate. I go like, why are you speaking I like that? No idea what you just said. Exactly. Yeah, Singapore, welcome. Yeah, something tells me here there's this really nasty sort of like cultural cringe at work where they feel that the way we speak is not good enough I, oh, yeah. and then they put Probably everybody right. I, I suspect they put all the stuff through this like elocution course ah uh, this training course that just distorts the way they sound yeah. so they just like sound like sit belt <laughs> like, you know when you hear them say sit belt you know what it is it's like, oh you have to enunciate all your consonants oh yeah you're probably right which is know. not natural for the simple accent right? it really is yeah, we say sit belt it distorts <laughs> everything and then I, I cannot understand what the hell you are saying yeah, yeah. I mean like would you rather the SQ like staff go ladies and gentlemen please pour your seatbelt <laughs> also cannot right uh, no like, but just speak like, please put on your seatbelt I mean like why my seatbelt yeah I don't know come on oh. but okay that's it I've had like my best flights on SQ I have to say really man yeah I've had really 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 good flights in fact I, I, I can't think of a bad flight I've ever had on SQ yeah especially after they got the A380 right yeah, it just feels like move, cutting through butter it's yeah. amazing such a smooth flight I remember the, the first time I ever flew uh, business class was on SQ I was so excited wait, to wait, fly wait, it wait wait wait, wait. I, you flown business class yeah so from who, who? back from London to Singapore who the fuck are you <laughs> how do you afford business no, class it was all the points that I had that wait I what upgraded. points how come you have points uh, it was like through credit card lah. so I like, I, like uh, accumulated all these points wait that you was have a able. credit card yeah of course I have like three oh, there are literally <laughs> things that I'm learning about you during this podcast you know yeah you have, a cre- you have three credit cards yeah okay well stop just stop the recording <laughs> just so like, I got all like points or whatever, and then I decided to upgrade my uh, like 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 the, the regular what, what the 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 regular flight to a business the business class flight. Right? I love how like uh, polite you are being about it. You really just want to say like the pleb the pleb <laughs> like the pleb the pleb I class, right? Really didn't. <laughs> anyway, I got a business class flight, and I was just like, oh, I'm so excited, I'm so excited. And then as I walked in, I saw this. I, I made eyes with this stewardess who was taking care of my section of the of the the business class area, right? And I looked at her and she was my secondary school junior. Oh. And I went, Stacy? <laughs> <laughs> and then she went, Hi Kishan, when I saw your name on the on the flight list, I, I was thinking, hey, is this the same oh, Kishan or not? So nice. I got so drunk on that flight. Did she just ply you <laughs> with alcohol? She kept giving me food, alcohol. She kept, just kept giving me everything. Well, I'm confused though because is the alcohol not normally just free flow anyway? Yeah, but she, uh, I think like, there were limits to how many glasses of champagne I could have even gotten. Even on business class? I'm not sure, but she just kept giving me all sorts of shit. What even is the point? Yeah, it was... I, I, I'm, I'm sorry, I just had the best time. Do you know that, okay, have you ever encountered these people who are like business class and first class fanatics? Like, they basically just, like, their hobby, right, is comparing, like, airplanes, airplane lounges, first class lounges and all these cars and they literally just document this stuff and do... Yeah, and it's like, yeah no, and it's airlines r- actually tell them like, okay, we invite you to go onto our sky class, whatever. What? They get invited onto flights. They get so popular that because they get so many followers that airlines invite them onto things. I, it's just like wild to me that there are people for whom this is like a hobby. Yeah, no, it becomes more than just a hobby. Sis. It started as a hobby because of all the... Oh, it becomes like an influencer All thing. the followers that they get, they become sort of influencer class and then airlines invite them. It, it's quite amazing to watch right. they're geeking out and everything it's very cute yeah nah. and I think like airlines are constantly competing to really level up on their oh, first yeah. class and business class service right because yeah. they really charge fucking ridiculous Exorbitant. prices for, it's like easily four times what you pay for like pleb class right yeah yeah <laughs> like recent news reports right about how like there's some design some like architect or whatever was trying to design a economy class um cabin for the future where basically people were just standing up and arranged in rows 
It was so <laughs> fucking dystopian, you know. Where I was like, yep, sure. Way to maximize profit at the expense of human beings. Just like, literally, just like put us in a cabin, like <gasps> like poultry. Stand up. Yeah. <laughs> On a or, plane. Or just something really like fucking demonic like that. <laughs> and then like terrible. this just makes me like as a lifelong economy class passenger <laughs> who counts amongst his greatest travel experiences being upgraded to economy plus. Oh, I remember yeah. that. <laughs> I was so happy. I was like, they just randomly told me, um, Mr. Tan, we're going to upgrade you. And I said, oh my God, to economy class. And I was like, thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I sauntered into that play going like, oh, the air here is so... Oh, look at this leg room. Oh my God. Oh, ooh, the water is so sweet in economy <laughs> class. This is like... <laughs> for me, this is a highlight, okay? So like, I think about business class and first class with a bit of like, you know, you know, Marxist rage Let's put it that way <laughs> It's obnoxious Why does anybody need to travel no, In that much style No one needs to travel In that much style Really no one It's just that I just thought Why not lah Plus I was coming back from London I was feeling a bit blue I thought why not Just blow all my credits on this Yeah like, fair oh, yeah. Because you after, when you did come back You went, <laughs> you went to a depressed. deep depression <laughs> right? quite yeah. depressed So like one last blow up Before you came back <laughs> Exactly Did it also give you Cocaine in business class I think that one reserved for first I <laughs> <laughs> really don't have You know when you cross Economy to get out of the airplane You have to walk past First class right It's fucking humiliating <laughs> It's like you've just Come off like this Long 12 hour flight Where you're like Feeling like death You know It's like oh It's the worst possible experience That you walk past These people who probably Who are like In comparison Were like sniffing daisies Right <laughs> And it's like Do you really Is this really Really <laughs> I also remember this time I was like On an SQ flight On a school trip To Japan right So it was a bunch mm. of me at Our uni uh, classmates And we were all Taking the same flight together Right And then like um, As we were getting on There was this girl In the class Who had like Really fabulous hair Oh Like it was really like like the hair was just top notch, right? Beautiful. And then as she walked on, I literally heard one of the air stewardesses turn to a colleague and go, oh, yeah, like that I also can. <laughs> yeah, I'm just like, sis, we can hear you oh because you talk like that. And we can, it's like, can you be a bit more professional? Like they could not hide their contempt. Why was she so bitchy? Just I don't know, I because think of good hair? No, I think it was just like, they saw a bunch of Singapore. So this is a strange thing that like, they saw this bunch of like Singaporean uni kids, and they literally could not hide their contempt. So I, there's so you know like rumors are legion that SQ dif- has like slightly differential treatment for different kinds of passengers. Mm, like I mean I've I don't heard, know if it's true lah. Like, yeah. Allegedly, right? They're, allegedly. Like, they're nicer to the white people. Alleged. Yeah, yeah. allegedly. Mm. Yeah. So it's like you know. So they looked at you with some sort, with some sort of disdain. Yeah. Goodness. I mean to be fair, we were also a very noisy group lah. So like I don't blame them entirely. Is Singapore airline is not the airline for the people no really Kishin, right? are you kidding I think it's more like Jetstar yeah no, don't you, okay that's another thing right don't you think yeah. just like the Singapore Repertory Theatre which never puts on any <laughs> Singapore plays yeah. it's strange to me that Singapore Airlines right is so expensive even to citizens of yeah. Singapore we it's, should all get like a uh, citizen discount yeah. or like pioneer discount it's like only very rich people who can afford SQ right yeah. which makes the and to us Singaporeans welcome home yeah all the, six like, of you it, on the plane yeah it's just slightly ironic though you think it's like, <laughs> yeah. are you being sarcastic right now <laughs> literally no one here literally no one here <laughs> now it's time for lukewarm takes Ooh. where two elder millennials that's us talk about something that's happening in the world today mm. what are we going to talk about today Joel anti-vex Anti-vaxxers. I cannot believe Kishin in the year 2021, in the tail end of a debilitating global pandemic in Singapore, an allegedly first world country with high rates of education, that we are dealing with anti-vaxxers. Oh girl. That is where I am. I am ringing the bell. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, I can feel the palpable anger there. I am so confused by this mm. and disappointed and shocked and horrified. What's some news that you've heard about anti-vaxxers recently that got you so riled up? Joe? It's not so much that as it is, right? Like now that we are moving into this phase where um, there is like a differentiated uh, a differentiated treatment, treatment for people who have and have not been vaccinated that all of these anti-vaxxers are coming out of the woodwork basically right. screaming about like human rights and and again and more broadly like I've also been I've seen a few comments threads on social media where people are really leaning into it like um, I think it was was it Tommy Cole? yeah like a, a, a few weeks ago I think Tommy Cole or one of these like um, like grey-haired old men who occasionally like government old men who sometimes come out and say progressive things right? Colonel Sanders ah Colonel Sanders <laughs> no that's Tony Tan <laughs> Hey, he's dead lah. <laughs> anyway, this Tony, Tommy Cole, I think, wrote, wrote this article where he was just like, yeah, we should have, the, you know, we should penalise people for not being vaccinated. Mm. And then like, that comments thread was just like, a light 
with you know anti-vaxxer uh, rage. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it was split half and half. Like there were people who were like totally on, on, on like echoing that, saying mm. like, yeah. I mean, these people don't want to get the vaccine. If they don't want to get the vaccine, not that they cannot get the vaccine. If they don't want to get the vaccine, then yeah, la, They should live with these restricted movements sort of things, lah. Yeah. And if if only if you get the vaccine, then then movement should be you know free yeah, again. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and then most recently you have like um some. Opposition politician from one of like the small parties was yeah, the PSP, PSP yeah. like the populist one, right? Yeah. What's his name? Mr. Boyd, something Boyd. Whatever, like comparing mm. this treatment to the fucking Holocaust. Yeah. It's like, excuse me, this is like so asinine and so out of proportion. It's not okay to do that. Yeah. yeah. He's since quit, I think. But it yeah. speaks to like, you know, um, the sentiment la, that there's something hugely kind of like unethical about, you know, this kind of differentiated treatment. But at the same time, I. Dare I say it? I'm a bit sympathetic. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Always the balanced <laughs> perspective on this podcast. It just made me look. It just made me look like a raving dictator sometimes. Eh, no lah. <laughs> no lah. I, I, I do feel like I, I like uh, uh, some level of sympathy for them because there is uh, there is fear where they're coming from is re- okay, okay. real fear. Can I ask you to then tell me yeah. what the fear is? Because like I have not that to dabble in that pond because like, of how angry it might make mm. me. Yeah. I think that there's a fear of the unknown. That, that, that's what they're very scared of. They don't understand the science and when faced with things that they don't know and they, they uh, I think things can get very very scary very quickly. Like, they don't want to do they don't want to do the real work of finding out what the science is about. Ah, and I go. think it's very convenient for them to listen to truths that already align with their own philosophies. And unfortunately, these truths, these open inverted commas truths that align with their own philosophies are not really facts. La. Misinformation? La. Misinformation. Right, so yeah, I know of like telegram groups that have formed where like, you know, these, it's like a kind of watering hole for anti-vaxxers for all stripes, right? Who are basically sharing all sorts of like news articles from, you know, that are in support of... Uh, not, not taking the yeah, vaccine. Yeah, not taking nah. the vaccine. And like, uh, they're just getting their news. A lot of people are getting their news from these in the yeah. Telegram groups in a kind of like, I saw it on a Telegram group, therefore it must be true. Way. Exactly. It's like, exactly. sorry, that's literally not science. Yeah. Yeah. And the, okay, so the thing that keeps coming up is like um, the fear of like mRNA. Mm. So I thought as a science, you know, you should be able to explain to us, right? As so, a science. As a science. <laughs> What okay? What is what is up with this fear of the mRNA vaccine? Right. I think. The mRNA is something that actually as humans we produce mRNA on our own. The DNA that sits in our nucleus uh, contains genetic information that builds every protein that we need to survive, right? That makes us us essentially. Uh But the DNA sits in the nucleus and not in the other parts of the cell simply because if the DNA were to go out into the other parts of the cell, our... uh, the enzymes would attack it and our DNA would die. But then how does this information in the cell get out into outside of the cell to do all the things that it needs to do. It makes a copy of itself and that copy is called an mRNA. So mRNA exists in us right. already. Right. So we have it, we produce it to in order to survive. Okay. What scientists are doing is that they look at the COVID uh, virus, yeah. right, the SARS-CoV-2 virus and they find that spike protein and they go, okay, so how do we make this spike protein? How do we create the instructions that make this spike protein? So basically they they find the segment in the DNA that codes for the spike protein. They create an mRNA of it and they inject it into us. So they made a copy of COVID's DNA. The segment that that codes for the spike protein. Which is what we need to vaccinate. Yeah, which is right. what we need to vaccinate. But when that goes into our cell system, we go like, okay, now we have the instructions right. to recognize the spike protein. So right. let's let's create it. Then, right. uh, so, so the spike proteins are created. It goes out into our system. Then our white blood cells recognize yeah. it. Okay. And then we create so antibodies. So listening to this, that all sounds well and good and very sexy, if I must say. <laughs> so then hearing like, so with, what I've heard from the anti-vaxxer mRNA thing is, it will change your DNA from the no, inside out. No, no, That is what not. I am hearing, you know. That, that, that argument makes no sense because we constantly put things that are additives into our body all the time. Then don't eat uh, additive food, la. don't eat any sort of fast food, la. don't eat any sort of any sort of snacks. So that argument doesn't hold water at all. But I think what people are afraid of, uh, where this, this misconception comes from, is that people hear mRNA and they hear DNA and they think those two things are so closely related because they sound the same and therefore they must interact. But actually an mRNA stays in your cell for two weeks after which your cells, your, your own cells destroy it. Because it just it's just not made to stay around for that long, right? So it, it's there is no harm at all in this. Actually, it doesn't right. in 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 a way that it doesn't go into your DNA or modify your DNA and turn so you into anything. Definitively, 
Kishan, and I'm, I'm going to ask you, on the T42 podcast, are you going to put it on record <laughs> that getting the COVID vaccine is not going to turn you into a lizard person? I, I'm very, very confident it won't turn you into a lizard person. You heard it here first. <laughs> Dear listener, you're not going to turn into a lizard person if you get vaccinated. Yeah, but see, I, I go back to the fact that I am still sympathetic with these people because they live in such fear, right? They live right. in such fear that I, I don't even know how to extricate them from this fear. Because I, I am a big believer in sometimes going out to these people and say like, okay, tell me what you're afraid of and let's have a conversation. Yeah. You know? So, look, I, like, I sometimes do this to, I, I sometimes cho people from like the, um, we are against pink dog. Go like, okay, what's your issue with all these things? What's your issue with homosexuality? What's your issue with all these other things? Yeah, 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 yeah. Then we have a conversation. So, I like to do this. But I, I find that these people are so resistant to knowledge and to scientific fact that they, they, they don't even know how to comprehend facts from what they believe their own personal truth yeah, is. Yeah, and I, I find this very interesting interface between um, kind of science-doubting, anti-vaxxer, yeah, suspicion, and a, a sort of like very right-wing conservative politics. Yeah. And, you know, you it's very eerie to me seeing how like you know, um, these kind of Fox News type anti-vaxxer uh, propaganda is re- repeated here in Singapore. Yeah. Which just, like, you know, it's an old story of how, like, these channels are actually very closely connected. Yeah. And it's, like, weird and terrifying it and is, frustrating. It is. But can I also say that this this is not something that that erupted from a vacuum. Scientists actually created this problem on their own. All of science communication is filled with jargon. It is made... It is so jargon-filled that the, it, the access of it is so difficult right. for, for regular people, right? right? So it's obvious... I think it, it, it stands to reason why people mistrust scientists. I, I can actually understand why people don't trust scientists because they see all this jungle. Like, I have no idea what the fuck you're saying. Yeah. You're making me sound stupid. You're all doing it for money. Yeah. Big pharma this, yeah. big pharma that. So I get the resistance. La. So I think scientists now are really seeing the effects of this and they're really trying to dumb it down, which is why there's an explosion of all sorts of uh, science TikTokers or science um, IGers or whatever trying to communicate science a little bit better. Right. My favourite, like, uh, anti-vaxxer conspiracy theories have to do with the microchip theory. Oh, good God. Okay, yeah. that one, very, like, I, I I don't even know how to have a conversation with people like that. Yeah, no. Yeah, you know, there are times that you want to instigate a conversation and you and you must know when to bow out. Right. Because if not, you will just make yourself angry. Right. If someone say microchip to me, I'll be like, okay, I think we just end the conversation. Yeah, go home, drink bubble tea. You know, uh, <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> or, I mean, like, you know, there's also the kind of perverse part of me that goes, hmm, if there is a microchip in me, like maybe there are some positive, like, <laughs> upshots of that. Like, oh, yeah. if I'm ever lost in the woods or whatever, they don't know where to find me. Oh, you it? know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, oh, yeah, I'm here. <laughs> It's like, it'll just like up my GPS. <laughs> like, this, this microchip can pay away for yeah, not. Or it might just improve my Google Maps experience, <laughs> yeah, right? It's right. like, ain't that accurate, <laughs> Oh, it's quite good, it's quite good. <laughs> yeah, so I say all this, right? But like, I've got some relatives who have become like, like hippie homo- homeopath types, right? Oh. And so are very resistant to anti... So we've been trying to talk to them about it, right? Are they not vaccinated? N- no, not yet. And they're, they're very kind of like against it. Interesting. Um, yeah, in a very like, no, sorry, we only put like, uh, you know, essential oils on our body kind of way. Have recently agreed that they will only do the Sinovac um, okay. vac- vaccine because it's not an mRNA vaccine or right. whatever, right? Right. So I like, so what, if it's not an mRNA vaccine, then what is it? It's right. like magic. Uh. So the... <laughs> It's a potion. It's a potion. <laughs> <laughs> so the Pfizer and the Moderna ones, the ones that we keep hearing all the time, they are mRNA vaccines. So it's new technology, right? Like I said, they basically you find a bit of the prote- uh, bit of the virus, the, the spike protein, and then you, you 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 see which part of the DNA codes for that, and then you create an mRNA from that. Correct. So, so um, because this is such new technology, and you don't, uh, it, it, uh, the technology moves very quickly. That's why the vaccine was created in like nine months or something like that. Right. So mRNA technology moves very fast, which is very good. The Sinovac uses the open inverted commerce the old technology la, which is literally taking the virus and uh, and attenuating it so creating like a a less killer version of it right, right, and putting right. it into your system right. so the virus that enters your system doesn't kill you uh-huh. because it's an attenuated version but it gives your immune system time to respond to it and to create antibodies mm-hmm. right so, so that, why, those are the two differences so like people think it's safer because it uses 
old technology. And not this, like, turn you into a reptile technology, yes. right? Just yeah. to be clear. Yeah, yeah, exactly that. So all the other um, vaccines that we've taken, since the ones that we got as a Our kid, mRNA right? mRNA vaccines. No, the ones that we got as a kid oh, uses the, yeah, yeah. The, the Sinovac technology, open inverted commas, yeah. this whole attenuated virus technology. Yeah. Yeah, so, so we've got, we are very accustomed to this idea of right. what a vaccine is in that definition. But I mean, like, there's also reports that the Sinovac uh, vaccine is less efficacious, right? Yeah, that that's that's exactly it. So a, a good example would be to look at Indonesia. So Indonesia has bought a lot of the Sinovac vaccine and they've inoculated their, a large number of the proportion with the Sinovac vaccine, but a, a, a huge number of the inoculated the uh, the inoculated people with the Sinovac vaccine have have actually contracted COVID nineteen. Mm. So it doesn't seem to be working as well. It's not as you put it. It's not efficacious or not as efficacious as the but Pfizer. But the vaccine doesn't stop it from catching it. It just stops it from getting serious, right? Sure, but these people have gotten seriously ill. Oh, I see. They, they okay. needed to go to hospital and everything. Some of them have even died, uh, in spite of being uh, vaccinated with the Sinovac. Yeah. So many people now are like, okay, then maybe getting the Sinovac is not that great. And my own personal view. And again, this is a personal thing, right? Is to to create um, a vaccine with an inoculated virus actually takes years to do. The whole process actually takes years. Because, oh, you mean to research and develop? Yeah, it. to research and develop because you need to figure out which part of the virus to kind of like switch off so that it doesn't kill you, right. but still good enough to create like right. good antibodies. So, so it's it's quite a complex process, and I think like the timeline to create a vaccine using this process is between four to five years, and if you just pour in money, you might take two to three years. So the fact that China did this in less than one year was to me more suspicious than the mRNA vaccine, which is new technology. And once I understood the technology, I was like, oh yeah, of course it takes less than one year. I get that. Right. So this old uh, attenuated virus technology, right, taking less than one year for me was like, Hmm, Can I just say you're very sinophobic right now? No, I- okay, <laughs> excuse me. I've been reading a lot of Chinese science fiction and China will save the world, okay? <laughs> no doubt. It's the no future. Doubt. China's the future. They'll turn us all into Chinese. That's how they'll change, change the what world. What will happen to me though as a Chinese? Oh no, I'm actually Thai. You will so- lose your Thai toe. Lah, you know? ah, your right. big toe. Yeah, you know, the that one that's one, the, the small inch of my body that's actually Thai right? <laughs> yeah, will correct. suddenly disappear. Will disappear. Okay, yeah. <laughs> actually, you know, the, the reason I bring up Sinovac is because I've heard it said that some people think that because like the the Angmore vaccines were developed with Angmore bodies, right? That somehow the the, sure. the the China one, right, is more like uh uh in tune with Asian bodies. Mm. When I first heard that, I was like, that does not sound scientific. Are we talking about shampoo? <laughs> you know, like some shampoo better for Asian hair, right? Right. I mean, actually, like, there, there is there is some truth to, to, to not not specifically about the vaccine, but there is some truth about how different sorts of medicine take to different sorts of types of bodies. There's a lot to be said about that, but. I mean, the case, the numbers show show for themselves that both Pfizer and Moderna are working just as well in different parts of the world, lah. So yeah. you know, maybe because we all very westernized already, lah. Yeah, eat, yeah. Eat too many McDonald's. Correct. Yeah. Like, actually, McDonald's is also part of a Western conspiracy, right? To mm. like put microchips in your body. Right. You know what? McDonald's is the vaccine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> fake news. Ah, uh, this one is actually fake news. Please don't believe. Um, then there's some others that are quite like, you know, so like, uh, so I came from like the conservative right-wing church, right? Mm. So like, I'm quite familiar with some of the other more like uh, religious objections. One being like, oh, you know, it's not good to corrupt your body, which is made by God, right? So that one is like, you know, uh, don't put anything into your body because it ruins God's perfect creation. That one I got here before. Then the other one is like, oh, this is like, um, I think the, the, the mark of the beast, <laughs> Why is it the, the mark of the, the mark beast? Of the beast, which is you know, is um, is a is a kind of plot point. Let's call it that from the book of Revelation, right? Where like at the end times, um, the Antichrist will rise, yeah. and then like he will brand everybody with this kind of satanic mark of the beast, which is meant to be this thing that you Good can't it, which, that you can't live without. Yeah. So yeah. there was a time I think people were saying like um credit cards might have been the mark of the beast. So it's basically anything that's kind of delivered on mass that you that is essential for you know they kind of has like mark of the beast potential. So that I guess like there are scholars just sitting around like just saying just mm, waiting, could uh, this be the mark of the beast? Could that be the mark of the beast? So see, they, see yeah. I, I I can understand why people get upset and frustrated with this kind of things. So I go like wow how are we how are we ever going to make sure that everybody's vaccinated when this when, when this is the conversation on the ground? But when I hear these things, all I feel is sadness. <laughs> And yeah, like, and you just kind of want to hope that this is a very small minority. But how do you feel then about like, you know, these claims that this is like, uh, you know, unethical, unfair, or unjust to kind of discriminate people based on their vaccination status? I, I really think it's a necessary evil because these arguments that people are saying like, oh, I feel like I'm being discriminated against, I this, I that, it's all very self-centered because yeah. what these people I think forget is that 
yeah, you 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 think that this is all about you, but let's not forget huh. that if you get infected, you could infect other people as well. So this is really protecting Correct, everyone. Correct, right? It's really this kind of shocking. It's like have we have you learned nothing exactly. after a year and a half of basically being immersed in the porosity of our bodies mm. that we are all interlinked in this chain of infection and cellular like enmeshment. It's like Ooh. it's uh, quite good, uh, quite, quite good, good, quite good. <laughs> that at the end of the day, you can still be so petulantly in individualistic after this you know mass death and illness that's shaken the world and uh, crippled economies yeah that this is still you know like this is still the ignorance the ignoramus that you want to be correct (laughs) and there's a slightly punitive and I think quite vicious side of me that enjoys seeing like the the the, the pearl clutching and the oh human rights and that kind of argument because I'm just like yeah sorry about it but also like the fucking hypocrisy of it like you know many of these people who are saying this like come from a certain let's call it like political persuasion and I'm just like where's human rights (laughs) where's human rights or like the autonomy of bodies when like you're talking about things like 377A or like you know women's reproductive health like suddenly these suddenly these arguments become uh, salient to your life mm-hmm, yeah mm-hmm. O- also like f- glad that you're feeling the pinch yeah. yeah this is what discrimination feels like yeah. I, I, yeah. I think Singapore is not the only one that's, that's sort of segregating the way movement is done for vaccinated no, it's happening everywhere, yeah. I think uh, France is doing it Spain mm. is doing it a bunch of places doing it so this is truly going to be quite the new normal as we move forward lah it's like you know what this is also is like it, it reveals you know these these sort of like uh, I'm gonna call them irrational unstable elements in our society and like kind of b- b- backs them in a corner which which might be quite frightening because mm. you know nobody puts baby in a corner nobody puts baby in a corner yeah but no, also it's like <laughs> nice lah and kind of like a census taking of who these people are right? yeah yeah bring them out into the light yeah yeah in the light is truth <laughs> Gandalf said I'm just making it up I'm not sure he said that. <laughs> Like to be able to like say, oh, it's you. This is what you look like, and this mm. is what you think. I am I'm very scared of, of our reaction to this because I think our reaction should also come with a bit of empathy. <sighs> uh, no, uh, if we, okay. If we want to change people's minds, right, we have to do it with a bit of empathy. If not, no one will listen to us. We can't just beat them down then beat, beat it down their throats, you know? It's it's not gonna happen. Yeah. So so I, I I, I welcome no, uh, anti-vaxxers to come and talk to me about it. We I would love to have a conversation with them. And if yeah. I can try to convince maybe just one to say like, okay, you know what? Maybe, and and they, they go away thinking, you know what? Maybe I should get the vaccine. Maybe it's not a microchip. Sure. Maybe it's not something sure. bad that's sure, because sure, my body. Sure, 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 sure. Not bad, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll just refer anybody who comes to me to you la, yeah, because please. you are the best of us. <laughs> You're the better of the two of us. Like to me, I'm just like a, I'm just like an impatient... <laughs> Like angry piece of shit. I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't be yeah. silly. You know the anti-vaxxers. They send me email. Well, like I said, will go straight to spam. <laughs> yeah. Forward to me. Ah, forward to you. Forward to you. All right. It is time for bite-sized science. Oh my god. The segment in which our resident science expert Kishin Kumar Singh gives us some bite-sized science to help us survive 21st century living. Wow, a lot of science. Uh, yeah, this episode. Hey, this episode got double dose of science. Yeah, uh, just mm, like how you need a double dose yeah. of the vaccine. Double anointing, <laughs> double anointing. I mean, we haven't talked about science on this show in quite a while. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't. you've really indulged my more humanities-driven interests. So I Not thank you, Kishin. I thank you, Kishin. Eh, but the humanities involves me too. Oh, that's true, that's true. I am also human. Eh, yeah. <laughs> You know, we're not that different after all. We're really not. Mm, so what bite-sized science do you have for us today, Kishin? No, actually, this is something that I've been thinking about for quite a while. And it's to do with mask wearing. Right. So I, I, I've, I've noticed that in the past, what, year plus that we've had to wear masks? Let's not. Goodness, right? So yeah. long, Please right? Don't. I, I've noticed that the way I interacted with people has, has changed. Because right. we depend a lot on face, right? Like a lot of a lot of oral communication it's not just the words that come out of our yeah, mouth yeah, yeah. it is the facial muscles mm. the hand movement la, the right. gesture la, all sorts of things yeah. to get like a sense of who that person is and the conversation that comes out but with like more than 50% of our face disappearing because mm. of the mask I, I just was wondering like how does that affect the way we communicate like has it affect the way you communicate with people yeah I now have to take off my mask to open my phone <laughs> <laughs> oh sis I really Damn. hate that like, I hate that you would have thought that like these phone <laughs> companies, right, will have in the past year and a half developed something that just recognizes your eyes, but mm. no, 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 right? No, the technology is very, you know, that's very futuristic technology. <laughs> Haven't reached out. You know, yet. like Mission Impossible, <laughs> like the eyeball can open the biometric. Yeah, uh, can they not do that? Haven't reached our phones yet, maybe, uh, maybe, yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, so I, I, the first thing that went to my mind, right, like how how is this affecting the way we communicate with people and the way we understand or uh, like what what people are going to say mm. is lip reading, right? Ah. So like for me, I'm having a devil of a time understanding my kids in, in my school, class now. Right? Yeah, in school. Is so everybody masked up? Everyone's masked up including all yourself. the time. Including myself. Oh. Every time in class. So they are masked up. Like when they pull out their mask, I was like, who is this kid? Are you in my class? Because oh, I don't recognize right. their face yeah. at all. Oh. Yeah, so it's, hard. it's very difficult. And then when they answer questions or whatever and they speak so softly, usually I depend on the fact that they um, that how their lips move. Right. So I connect how their lips move with the sound that they make to fill in the gaps. Uh, so you say it makes listening harder. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Without yeah. it, it makes yeah, listening yeah. so much more difficult. So it's really, uh, it's really, really tough. So we lose that visual cue. So mm. when we lose that visual cue, understanding becomes a little bit more difficult. Mm. And what people are asking, uh, are recommending that, that must people do as they communicate, right, is to talk slower and to just keep repeating yourself. <laughs> Oh my god! Which <laughs> is just like sis. Yeah, <laughs> human communication that. is slowed down by a, like yeah. a century. It's it's really really difficult. But of course, this is not true for all people. So like for example, with you and I, we've known each other for years. So if you mask up, right, I will still be able to understand you because I can imagine your lips moving. Or I don't need that much of a visual cue from you. I I, I know exactly. <laughs> I know exactly. Oh, uh, I I might know what you are saying. Much more easily than than let's say some a stranger. Yeah, dear listener, you can't see that, but I'm literally just like communicating with my eyes right now. Was it because like you drone out eighty percent of what I say anyway? Yeah, no, it's just it's all just static. <laughs> yeah, no, but th- it got me thinking, right? So if you're meeting, if you're going on a date, for example, and you're meeting a stranger for the first time in a must situation, it's very difficult to establish any sort of. Well, some sort of... Rapport. Rapport. Yeah, yeah. thank you. Yeah, a sort of rapport with that person because now you need to work extra yeah, yeah, yeah. hard. No, for sure. Like when I... You know, I teach this class every Wednesday, playwriting class every Wednesday, right? Yeah. And like I find it so nerve-wracking because I can't make out people's responses to what I'm saying. Yeah. Like people, when people listen to you and they have this thoughtful look on their face but they are, half their face is covered, they just look angry. Oh yeah, yeah. Agreed. So I can't see people's faces, and it makes me very uncomfortable. No, I hear yeah. you. So meeting new people can be very difficult, and meeting uh and hanging out with old friends, you have less of a problem, lah. But see, this importance of lip reading is not the same for every single language. So I I was reading up on this, and like, oh, is lip reading like important for every type of relationship? And I found out that it's very heavily important in English. Ah. In English, we need that visual cue a lot, but in other languages. In Japanese specifically, they don't need that visual cue. In fact, they don't look at lips. They don't need it. It doesn't affect their understanding of, of what someone is saying very much. Huh. They just need to listen. Ah. Isn't that fascinating? It's something to do with uh, the types of sounds that, that English makes compared to Japanese. So there are many, many more different, unique sounds that you can have in English that corresponds to the lip shape so you can make that connection than you have in Japanese. That's so fascinating. So in Japanese, you don't have that link as much. So for them, looking at the lips really doesn't do much. Ah. So perhaps mask wearing in Jap- in Japan doesn't affect communication yeah, I, as I much. Yeah, I mean, they also like do habitually wear masks a lot. That's true. Mm, so maybe yeah. they just evolved. Yeah, they- <laughs> Yeah, the uh, Japanese are more involved. Oh, last time ninja also cover half the face. <laughs> <laughs> You're correct. So but this yeah. is the level of discourse. <laughs> well <Yeah>. done. Thanks. <laughs> the other thing that I found out was something called a Duchenne smile. Have what, you heard what about you this? What do you call me? A, du- a Duchenne smile. Yeah, D U C H E N N E. Duchenne smile. What is that? So a Duchenne smile is basically a smile that, according to psychologists, it is a signal of true enjoyment. So basically, it's a smile that signals to people that I'm okay. I, I'm I'm okay. I'm approachable. I'm 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 not I'm, like I'm an enemy. I'm harmless. Right. I come in essentially. Peace. But because of the mask, we cannot now see our wait. Our so what does lips, that smile right? look like? It's basically a a regular smile, lah. Yeah, Kishin, you literally just smile. This is an audio form. <laughs> no one can see your stupid so smile. So Kishin's smile is described as described as when your lips are both. Uh, turned up so making the smile showing your teeth okay, dear listeners please do it showing uh, your teeth both, and uh-huh, as me? you are doing it your eyes start to narrow because because, oh, uh, because your lips are moving eye, the up the crinkly right? eyed smile yeah so oh. that is called a Duchenne smile you can google it and you can see people doing all these weird plastic smiles and that's actually a Duchenne smile oh. so a Duchenne smile is apparently a really good signaler for letting people know that you are safe to Approach. approach that you are not an evil person that I'm not going to eat you up so there's some evolutionary significance to this huh. but because we cannot now see the Duchenne smile it makes interacting with strangers all the more difficult because right. when you're looking at someone and all you see is their eyes you actually 
don't get the signal that this is a safe yeah, place. Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. So that person who is you, you are being introduced to needs to do a lot more to signal that this is a safe space. Like jump up and down. Like, like something, la, something like, needs to be done. Right. You know, like maybe uh, there's a higher tone to your voice to signal right. that, oh, I, I'm happy to meet you. I'm so happy to meet you. Yeah, something like that. So right. that was kind of interesting. So again, it brought me to dating. You know, like putting yourself because that's I think that's where you meet new people all the time. I mean, and, not only la, but yeah, yeah, but you know, because like in 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 a date in a date it's situation, it's the most high stakes one. Yeah, it's yeah. the most high stakes. You're really trying to put your the your best, best for, self yeah, yeah. forward, right? And so I was thinking, like, wow, now it's made all the more difficult, you know, mm. to to sort of put your best self forward. And I don't know, it's just tough. It's just like a shitty situation to be dating now. I think. Yeah, I agree. Huh? How has it been for you dating? I haven't with the mask on. I haven't been dating. Yeah. Um, <laughs> nice of you to ask. <laughs> nice of you to ask. Mm. Yeah, I did, you know, before we started recording today, I asked Kishan if I sound very desperate on this podcast, and he said yes. So <laughs> I'm just, you know, now I'm just trying to be very chill about it, you know. But Kishan's the one who's bringing it up. You know? Yeah, no, oh. I'm just like curious, lah. Mm. Yeah. So actually, this Dushan smile thing uh, has been around. This idea about what a Dushan smile thing and how it disarms people has been around for quite a while. Mm. And before COVID, nurses. Uh, especially those who work in like hospice care or whatever, right? They all had to wear masks. And when they approach their patients, they because their patients can't see their smile, so they were worried about how how that might make them feel, how the how that might make the patients feel. Mm. So what these nurses do is that they wear a badge of their face on it with a Duchenne smile. <gasps> so what the patients see is the patients see the badge of the face and they, oh. they mentally transplant the smile onto That's the so mask. That's so smart. So so. Many people are doing that now, as, uh, especially in like the hospitals or wherever. Not right. just in hospice care, not just if you have, always have a wear a mask on because not everybody has to wear a mask on, right? So everyone's kind of doing that. In countries like the UK, I hear, right. they are adopting this practice because right. then it makes people feel more at ease. Mm. I thought it was a very clever way of utilizing that idea. Actually, in this whole pandemic thing, right, the thing that I am most looking forward to is when we can finally like take off our masks in broad daylight. Yeah, my yeah. T- my my tan's been a bit uneven. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, half of my face is a bit darker right, than the other. It right. just looks like so I've that's been, what you. It just I look to. like a chocolate coated strawberry. Half half yeah. half. <laughs> I guess one upshot of this whole mask thing is that I haven't fallen sick in a very long time. Mm. That is a great point. It's true or no? I also haven't fallen sick in a very long time, leh. Yeah. Yeah, and I think many people have commented on this, like for, for like a year they haven't gotten like the flu or like the cold or whatever yeah. because they're forced to sanitize over sanitize some might say and to wear a mask but still I can't wait to take my mask off <laughs> I really can't wait to like walk out into the street ceremoniously tear my mask yeah, off. we should do a mask removing ceremony right? on the day that they declare everybody just gathers in a square takes it off and then like, like hugs each other and cries it's a date sister it's like it's over and then you know what they're playing over here this is home yeah now you know what this will truly. become a super spreader event <laughs> Alright, we've come to the end of yet another episode of Tea for Two. Mm. Thank you, dear listener, for making it this far. Kudos if you have. Yes, mm. well done. Do you have any parting words to share with our dear listeners, dear Kishan? Yes, to the final 27% if you're listening to this. I don't think they'll listen to our podcast. La, but Let's just, just hope. Just, la. just Let's put just it out there. La. Ah. Get vaccinated if you can. Please do get vaccinated yeah. because we're, we're all rooting for you. No, it's also <laughs> like if you're truly Singaporean, this grade is not enough. <laughs> Okay, 73%, 80, 73% is not okay. 82 is not good. We need to be 90% at it's least. Tough, it's tough. You see what happens in Changi Airport? Yeah. Changi Airport dropped from 1 to 3rd. Singapore, yeah. you know, huh, we are having a very bad semester. <laughs> a very, very bad semester. <laughs> correct, indeed. correct. So correct, please, correct. Uh, if you care about this country, yeah, bring it up care to about 90%. Your grades, yeah, please uh, pull out your socks. Yeah, we and can do better than this. And with that, this has been Joel signing off. And this is Kisha. Bye-bye. Bye.